Mel, what's uh, what's up with this happiness? How, we, how are we happy? Are we happy? <laughs> uh, maybe not really. No, not really. <laughs> hey, friends! <laughs> hey. Uh, welcome to Your Work Friends. I'm Francesca. And I'm Mel. And we're two HR leaders with no filter exposing the work stuff you need to know. Mel, what are we talking about today? New week, new headlines. Francesca, what are you talking about today? Yeah, I'm talking about a New York Times article that came out that said employee wellness programs have little benefit study finds. And I want to talk about it. What are you talking about, Mel? Interesting. A 2024 employee happiness trends in the U.S. report by Kudo Board and wanted to talk through some of the stats that they they shared out. All right. Well-being, happiness. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Let's All right. <laughs> All right. Mel, what's, uh, what's up with this happiness? How, are, we, how, are we happy? Are we happy? Maybe not really. No, not really. <laughs> so recently a report came out by Kudo Board. This is a globally adopted online appreciation platform that has tens of millions of users across companies in the US. Well, uh, what I think for those yeah. who've never done Kudo, what can yeah. we talk about like what Have it you looks gotten like? A, you've I, gotten a kudo board, right? I've got a kudo board. But if you've never gotten a kudo board, you probably don't know what the hell an appreciation oh, yeah. platform is. Yeah, I'll share it. So it's, you know, it's one of these employer experience platforms. It's really great. Like you can, anyone can set this up. You can go out and do it today for a teammate. Um, but essentially I've, I've gotten a kudo board for being a part of projects for uh, even when I've joined or left a team or a project, um, you know, kudo boards have been set up where you can essentially submit a thank you for this or really recognize and appreciate your colleagues and friends at work um, through the uh, kudo board platform. So, yeah. and then share it with them and they have it forever, which is really sweet. It's a really sweet sentiment. Because of the use, though, these tens of millions of users across multiple organizations. Kudo boards are, you know, getting some pretty decent data. Yeah, I literally have never thought about the data that Kudo board has because, yeah, you could send a Kudo board for like, sorry yeah. about your dog or congratulations on your new job or yeah, yeah they have a ton of data. They had a ton and they, oh, they conducted a survey among a diverse group of 600 professionals across for, uh, Fortune 500 organizations. And it also included some stats from some third-party vendors as well. So it was a joint report. Yeah. But some of the key highlights I wanted to call out, uh, Bamboo HR, love them, by the way, if you can subscribe to their newsletter, they always have some really good knowledge nuggets that they share out around the HR space. Well, Bamboo HR did their own study. And in 2023, they saw a steep 9% drop in employee happiness. Ooh. And they noted that employee happiness is declining at a rate 10 times faster than the previous three years alone. Well, that sucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we're really unhappy. I'm always bringing the good news, huh? Yeah. You know, oh, jolly. Oh, <laughs> Whoa. I know. That's, I, that's, I was like, why? Did they, okay. Do, do we have um, any rationale here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so some of the other things that they noted here was that an overwhelming majority of the respondents, 98% of them, believed that individuals would work harder and be happier if they felt more appreciated. So there is an appreciation problem happening in the working place. 98%. Feel like people would do better, work harder if they've if they just felt appreciated. You got a goddamn thank you once in a while. Is yeah. That what I'm hearing? Hey, thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for your contribution. Oh my God. Um, 97% of respondents agreed that receiving recognition has a more substantial impact than givers initially anticipated. So I think there's an underestimation happening around is appreciation valued like do you need to send that thank you the answer is yes folks you do and you should always send the thank you 90 percent of participants from this survey reported feeling that organizations underestimate the positive effects of employee gratitude indicating right now there's a significant gap between employee expectations and corporate practices hmm. so there is really something here and i gosh i mean i love working on employee experience projects and kind of digging into that and what an employee's experience is from, you know, the time they're exploring an organization, the time they're there through the time that they're an alumni. I think that every organization has a responsibility to make that experience a good one. And something as simple as appreciation. And it's interesting that there's a gap in what the expectations are on both ends. So the top three most significant challenges that were faced by employees in remote or hybrid work settings was a sense of belonging, 78%, Mm. communication, 68%, and burnout at 40%, with over two-thirds of the survey respondents currently working in a hybrid or remote environment. So this reinforces that growing trends of flex work and the need for effective tools that help manage some of this ex- employee experience stuff is critical because remote's not going away and hybrid work is not going away anytime soon. Something for folks to pay attention to. Yeah. I also think those are like correlated too. If you do not have a good sense of belonging, yeah. if you feel like you're not clear um, in terms of communication too, you're going to get burnout. You just will. I yeah. think even with all of the transition during COVID, places still aren't getting it right. And they, they like slap on the term hybrid, but don't really do the work to understand how do you work with hybrid teams differently than remote teams differently than in-person teams, because it is different. Yeah, It is is different. Bottom line, assuming common sense, uh, but when employees feel valued, they stick around. And so, yeah, they stick around, you know, amazing. Um, I am shocked. Oh, yeah, and just it's, think, you think you think yeah, it's common sense, you know, but common like sense, but there's a disparity according to this report. Yeah, so. yeah. If 85% of employee respondents know a culture that prioritizes belonging and happiness is critical, then a hundred percent of organizations should feel the same way. There's a guy that wrote a book called The Carrot Principle. This is like 20 years ago or something. Yeah. And it was this whole idea of gratitude and and saying thank you and how far that goes for people. Right. I'm always surprised when people don't 
Because it's such an easy thing to do. Right. You do it authentically, right? I'm not saying like, oh, thank you, thank you. you." But if you do it in a way that really says, hey, when you did this thing, I really sell X. And because of that, why? And I just need you to know that because wow, right? Right. It takes no time for the most part. But I just see more and more people saying, I don't feel valued. I don't feel a sense of gratitude. And I also see a lot more managers and leaders dropping that as one of the first things that they do. And I don't know why. I, I've been I've been wondering quite it honestly. It quite literally why. takes five seconds to yeah. say, hey, I really appreciated what you did here. I don't know. These things are being forgotten. Just common sense things, you know? Yeah. So. Like saying, thank you, Mel. Thank, thank you, you, Francesca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about uh, wellness programs in the workplace. This conversation in the U.S., largely started in this context of things like, do you remember this model of work-life balance? It was about, oh, we oh, work-life balance, right? Yeah. And there's no such thing. <laughs> I, I will tell you this, this concept of work-life balance, then we move into well-being, then we move into things like human sustainability, right? This is morphing. It's morphing right. in terms of what we're adding to this definition. It literally went from you should go for a jag on your lunch break to now being like, oh, yeah, maybe we should be talking about mental health. So I right. I want to share this article in the context of this is an incredibly important topic to be talking about, witnessed by what you just talked about in terms of, listen, we know stress is going up. We know happiness is going down. We have to figure out this thing called work. But New York Times came out with an article this week that basically said workplace wellness programs have little benefit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I want to talk about it because on one hand, listen, we can't, and the article noted this, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because this is a really important topic. But what I do think is really important is to talk about what really needs to change for wellness to exist in organizations. Right. For far too long, or at least when things kicked off, it felt very much like the ownership was on the employee. Like yeah. you figure, go for that jog. Yeah. Do some meditation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do some chair yoga at lunch. You're yeah. Like, here's here's your headspace. <laughs> yeah. Remember when everyone got like a headspace? Uh, yeah. You know, and look, yeah. access to those things are fantastic. I yeah. I still believe it's great to have those benefits and it's nice to have those resources and the responsibility of wellness at work is the responsibility of the organization, the team, and the individual. It's the responsibility of all three. Yeah. And yeah. if it's not truly embedded in your culture that this is a priority and if in teams leaders aren't expecting that of their full team and mirroring those practices themselves, then you're going to have an issue. Interesting uh, puzzle to solve. It is. It is. Listen, I encourage everyone to go out and read the article, but I I want to pull out a few. Let me pluck out a few nuggets that I found just 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's just super interesting. The article talks about a study in the Industrial Relations Journal that looked at 90 different interventions for wellness that the majority of companies put into place. Things like apps, relaxation classes, you know, how to do training on resilience or stress management, right? All of these right. things that we're all very, very familiar with. And by the way, a lot of these types of interventions are relatively easy for organizations to put in place. The wellness industry is a multi-billion dollar industry where your company can call up XYZ company that does mental health, that does coaching, that does stress management. And they can say, here, we partnered with this company for this cost, which is typically relatively low comparatively to their profit. Mm -hmm. And there you go. We did wellness, right? But let me let me talk about what this study found, because they found that some things helped, some things did nothing, and then some things had a completely negative effect, right? Ooh. Which is where they're getting this idea that these programs have very little benefit. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so what helped? For workers who were given the opportunity to do charity or volunteer work. Oh, yeah, of course. Did seem to have improved well-being. So yeah. that's yeah. something that oh, helped. feels good to do good things. For yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. Your cup. Here are the things that did nothing for okay. this study. And I'm going to talk about this because this study is getting a little bit of pushback. But the things that did nothing were things like apps, like mental health apps, well, meditation apps, apps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Coaching, relaxation classes, courses in time management or financial health did not have any positive impact at all. And those things that had actually negative impact were trainings on resilience and stress management. I have a theory. What's your theory? Some of that. What's your theory? Yeah. <laughs> because you're not building it into how people work. Bing, 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 bing. You're asking them to do more. Yeah. On top of everything else, which now becomes another thing on someone's to-do list versus this is baked into our systems and processes. This is how we work. So things like, like if coaching was part of your regular work week and it was integrated into how you work and other people also had this benefit, there might be, there was team coaching or individual coaching and combination that might be beneficial. But if now it's this extra thing you need to get, do and make time for on top of your work schedule, on top of your family commitments, on top of just wanting to be a human being with hobbies and maybe get some sleep. <laughs> yes. Like that's yeah. not going to work. Uh, you, you're you're hitting the nail on the head because yeah. here's what the here's the thing to keep in mind. If you're seriously trying to drive an employee's well-being, then it has to be about to your very good point, working practices, right? It can't be something that is additional, right? And there is a concept coming up. It wasn't mentioned in the article, but there is a concept called well-being washing that I think is something that we need to be paying attention to, and and basically it's a bit of a newer term that is used when employees are presented with a false sense of support. It's saying like, look, we're giving you these things. We gave you support. Right. But what you didn't do is change the working practices. You didn't change the systems that were causing the stress. And what's interesting is that the Institution of Occupational Safety and Health found that 51% of employees believe their employer was guilty of well-being washing. And so when you take that into account, that's a big number. It does. It makes sense, right? It makes it sense does. that these wellness programs might seem to have little benefit because a lot of organizations aren't taking care of the systematic things that need to be right. taken care of. 
you know, to be super fair, there was some pushback on this study that talked about that these things have little to no benefit. Again, because the systematic stuff isn't being taken care of, the study was a point in time that they really overrepresented things like younger workers and women, and that we shouldn't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater because these things, when your systems are taken care of, these things can be really positive and there's a lot of data to support it. But the headline for me here is, yeah, if you didn't fix your system, this stuff's well-being washing. Yeah, you can't just slap an app into something and hope it solves all the world's problems. Well, Mel, amazing to talk with you today, as always. You too. This has been delightful. Yeah. We'll be back next week with new week, new headlines. Thanks so much for joining us today. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come over and say hi to us on the TikToks and LinkedIn community. Hit us up at yourworkfriends.com. We're always posting stuff on there. And if you found this episode helpful, share with your work friends. Thanks, friend. friend.